yeah, what about love? But a marriage is the biggest partnership you're ever going to go into. And you have to sit down and know these things. Mm -hmm. So Brian had his legal pad. I had mine. And they honestly could have been a picture of each other's. Now, when Britt and I talk, it's great because we really don't argue that much. And when we do, we're over it quickly and we understand it, but it's the communication that keeps us close. So mm. I think that was one of the things that I was really, really looking for. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple, Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences with working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Britt and Brian, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you guys coming. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, thanks. We're going to definitely get to your story about how you guys met and your relationship. But before we do that, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, how old are you? What do you do for a living? And how long have you been together? I am 52. I do. I own a hair replacement company in Displains. We've been together five years. Five years we were we dated one, got engaged for a year, and then got married after two total. And I'm Brian. I'm 59, and I'm a corporate buyer, is what I do for a living, and I've done that for about 30 years, so i worked for some large companies. Yeah, as Britt said, we've been together about five years now. Wonderful. That's great. And can you guys tell us the story of how you met? Sure. <laughs> so... I'm divorced and after the divorce, I had dated someone for about four years and I got a little frustrated with like just things not working. So I was going to take a break, but one of the girls I work with went on match. So I was like, oh, she's going to meet someone and I'm not. I'm going to be sitting here all by myself. I got to get out there. So I went online and was kind of like very picky which I, Jeannie probably knows I wasn't always <laughs> in the past. If they were just nice and funny, that was good enough for me. I saw Picky Brian. is good. <laughs> yeah. So I saw Brian and I was like, you know, we're big. I'm a big workout person. I saw he worked out and he had no kids and he was 59. But what really drew me is his interests. And what was the last book he read? And it was A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And I thought, wow, I don't even know if I've ever dated anyone who read, much less a book that I actually would be interested in because I only read spiritual books or workout books or, you know, more like self-help. So I went cut to the chase and I messaged him and I said, you know, I really appreciate, you know, I think it's cool that that's the last book you read. I'm Brit, blah, blah, blah. And so then he took it from there and we corresponded back and forth for a really long time. How I kept, long? yeah. I would say like a month before. Is it, that is that like like email or are you yeah. texting yet? Oh, not even a phone call. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. So you haven't exchanged mm -hmm. phone numbers. 
No, I, well, you know what? I had like a thing where I just didn't want just being me. I'm not good at boundaries. I just didn't want someone to have my phone number until I knew I liked it. So we were just doing the email thing. And then we finally, Brian finally asked me on a date to come out in his area, which was in St. Charles to Scarecrow Fest. So we met at like the Starbucks, like everyone does on their online dating because it's like a safe. It's the thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is the coffee the thing. dating mecca. Yeah. <laughs> so we basically met and hi, how are you? And went to the fest and walked around and talked. And at the time I had just remodeled my condo and, you know, he said, oh, I like remodeling. So he's like, you want to see my house? And we been together for quite a while in this coffee date. It was probably like three hours. And I I just kind of knew, you know, he was safe, like I could go to his house. And I kind of kidded, like, should I call my friends, give him a number <laughs> to make sure. So he took me in his house. And I'm kind of think you can tell a lot about someone by how their home is decorated and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was, I actually thought he was married. <laughs> it was so neat. And so precise. And so accessorized that I'm like, Oh, he's still married. And you know, when you're online it dating. It looked like a staged home. Well, yeah, it did. I, or I thought, you know what? I really thought I'm like, oh, I bet he's one of these people who like, like is a house sitter. Like it's like <laughs> not, not a real house. It's not even his house. It's, it's like house. It's, it's like a fake house that he gets on Sunday because, I mean, you're talking no animals, no, no sign of life. And it was pin neat. And I was just like, I was kind of like taken back by that. You know, online, I've never in my life met someone that way. It was always mm-hmm. through a friend, through a health club, through... So this is your first online dating experience? My first cold experience at all. I never dated a guy from a bar. Right. I never... I mean, I've never... How long were you on match before you met him? He was man? like my second date. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was... That I, is like quite a success for match. Well, <laughs> but <laughs> well, it was actually Harmony. Oh. We actually think oh, we should Harmony. go back and like be their ad. But, oh. um, <laughs> and, but I was picky. Meaning like I did see guys and they were communicating. I didn't want to go out with people. Mm -hmm. I just, and just my history and Gene probably knows, I just didn't want to fail again. And even if a guy was cute and he was funny, if it seemed like it was, you know, like there was one guy, he was, you know, worked at a bar and had a 13 year old. I'm like, he was super funny and he was really nice. And I probably would have liked him. Like, oh, this just seems like a bunch of problems, you know, from where I'm at in life. I just didn't want to start that again. Mm -hmm. And not to be snobby or whatever. I just wanted an equal. I wanted someone who was kind of in the same place. It actually got to the point where I was in his house and I'm like, you know what? It's been like seven hours. I think I'm overstaying. He wants me gone. You know, (laughs) so I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, I I should probably go, you know. So I left and that was pretty much it. It was a nice day. And then he contacted me. I think it was like the next day and just said, you know, and I said, thanks. He Mm -hmm. said, thanks. And then like two days later, he messaged me again and it was for it was sweetest day that week and he's like would you like to go out on Saturday night for dinner and I said sure so we went to dinner and it was you know very nice we you know it was a, like a an adult you know like the fan and I remember I even mm-hmm. had to like think of what cl- I'm like I called a friend like what should I wear this is like a corporate guy I don't even know how to dress for this, this. Is a formal date well I'm just saying like I was used to more jeans and I didn't really know like I was going to a nice restaurant he's like wear a skirt my friend's like wear a skirt you know <laughs> a shirt not not too short and no and the shirt not too low you know like just, <laughs> so we had a really nice time and for a long time, he was just asking me out like once a week. And I'm still thinking this married thing's going on or like he, you mm-hmm. know, because it was so slow. 
So what was going on for you? So, well, the homeowners were coming home. Did she initiate the contact on eHarmony? She actually did, which was great because I actually had a much tighter radius and would have never met her, honestly, mm. unless she contacted me because I had it narrowed down to a tight, you know, area. and Two uh, miles. Was, <laughs> two miles? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's very picky. It was, I didn't want to have to drive far. So. so it was great that she contacted me. Very similar to Britt, my background was married and together with my ex-wife for about 26 years and got divorced and was on my own for about 10 and just broke off a four-year relationship that I had had also just as long as Britt had, it seemed like. So that was unique saw her on, you know, when she responded to me, I responded back and she came over and I can honestly say the first time I met her, I knew I was going to marry her. And I really did. And I've never <laughs> we, had that we feeling. Hear that, like we that hear that all that a lot. the time. Right. Yeah. And I've known it, you know, when it happens and I knew it was going to happen. And I said to myself in my mind, you know, I'm going to marry this girl one day. And a year later I proposed and she graciously accepted. And yeah, it's, it's gone from there. How long were you on eHarmony? I was on... For a little bit, actually. And it was great. I mean, I actually met, you know, two or three relationships that way. And mm -hmm. it worked out nice. You know, I had friends and things and I knew they weren't going to last, but you made great friends off it. And so mm -hmm. to me, it was a, it was a great filler and a gap filler there to kind of have friendships and meet some people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. But uh, what yeah. was it about Brett that you fell in love with? I just just everything about her. I think she was my equal and that was great. We had things in common. We both enjoyed working out. I think we came from the same kind of backgrounds and families, had similar things taught to us and just her personality and her, you know, we we were walking around and, you know, noticing how people look like they're animals and stuff at this <laughs> fest that we were at. So we just had a great day and she made it real easy. She was real easy to talk to and be with. And so, uh, it was great, you know, and I just knew I wanted to, you know, see her more. So I know that was. And what was it about him that you fell in love with? I, you know, it's kind of like I didn't trust myself in the beginning because I had liked people before. So when I went there, I, I honestly kind of felt, you know, just working with people like I was at work. You just talk mm -hmm. to people and you get to know them, you know, about them. But when I was sitting in his house, like I said, I knew I didn't want to go home. You know, and that's when I, I like I said, I kind of like, I need to leave. This is overstaying. <laughs> like I, so I mean, but I was having such a nice time. And in the beginning, I really, because he did take things ridiculously slow. I don't even think he kissed me for like, like a month. I mean, like, wow. I'm talking, I couldn't even kiss him. Like how I would kiss you goodbye. Like for a month. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he just, he was very, you very know. Traditional. He was, was he was. Sure was, that, was that purposeful? It was, it was on purpose. And, you know, I wanted to go slow. I didn't, just wanted to make sure I knew she was the right girl. So I just wanted to make sure that things were in place. And I wanted to find out about her more before I invested totally into it, which I realized right away that she was the girl. So. Yeah. He took me out. Like it was like, I was his Saturday night date for probably two months. And you got to remember, we, say, you know, we lived how, very much. How old were you each at the time? Well, five years ago. I was 48 or 49. Yeah, 48, exactly. 48. I was 54. Okay. I lose track. <laughs> I know. I, I wrote 2012 the other day. I, I really don't know. <laughs> Britt and I went to high school together. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, am I 51 or 52? Which <laughs> no, I got stuck at 33 for a long time. But, um, yeah, he just, he took it really slow and it was good and I was liking him and I was, you know, he would take me, I didn't know his area and I would go out to his house on Saturday nights and, you know, we'd go through Geneva and go to different restaurants and different things. And the the side story of it too is we are identical. Like we were kind of laughing about, <laughs> like we both work out the exact same way. We both 
our friendships are like the same, how we view, we, both of us are givers. Neither of us are takers. Like Brian would never ask, like, it takes a lot for him to ask people to do things for him. He just won't, he'll pay someone, he'll figure it out, he'll do it himself. And that's kind of how I am. And it's like, the more we got to know each other, the more I realized, like, and it was something actually Jeannie taught me years ago is like attracts like. Mm -hmm. And so it helped me to understand sometimes him because I viewed him like how I thought. And I realized where he came from in ways. And it actually has helped us in our marriage because he doesn't even know that. But, you know, sometimes when he'll do something like right now, he's got some, his mom's not doing real well and we've got some things going on. And I have to tell him, you know, you need to do things for you because no one else is going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. And I know that because that's myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I learned that from, you know, uh, some work with Ray and Jeannie years mm -hmm. ago, but back to our story. So things went really, really slow for a long time. And then how, like, how long were you guys together before you knew you were a couple? Probably a few months, I think. Before I would we say about, really, oh, months. he was so cute. I have to tell the story. So he tells me one day, <laughs> he's like, I made some phone calls to like, other people to let them know we can't be friends anymore. Did you guys have a, very tactful. a similar thing with being on eHarmony? It, it was very businesslike. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I really, after Brian was too evident on eHarmony. No, I, I mean, like after we met, I didn't really, I wasn't pursuing dating other people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had enough, and this was like just being a great point in my life. And I think it's kind of when you're ready for this. I had such good girl friendships and I had a couple male friends that if I, you know, like one of my friends who Brian loves, you know, he, him and another guy would always be like, Britt, what are you doing this weekend? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. We'll come to dinner with my family or comes. I never felt like lonely or I didn't have someone to do something with. So I didn't feel the need for a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And so having said that, you know, I didn't, like I was seeing him, I wasn't really like, oh, I need to find someone or mm. whatever. And same thing. I had such a strong group of women around me that I never, and having animals, you know, I just ne never really felt lonely or like I needed to be. So was that the case? Like, you know, when you didn't need him to be in your life, that's when he walked in? I would say, I would say, well, I wasn't really, I wasn't kidding when I said, I just went online because a girl mm -hmm. that worked it. I right. really didn't, you I was at the really point, searching. Or, I didn't really yeah. even want a boyfriend because mm -hmm. I was just, well, it, I you know, bad blood and you had a bad marriage and another relationship doesn't work. It's like, I don't want to get to know someone else's family and start over again and have it not <laughs> right. work again. Right. Go ahead. And I literally had just come out of a relationship like, you know, 10 days before that for four years. And, so and did I, you meet that person online? Yes, as I did well? okay. actually. But I mean, I wasn't looking for a relationship either. I just thought, okay, just meet some friends, hang out, go out now. I'm kind mm -hmm. of starting over again. And then I met Britt and it completely changed everything. Did, uh, did so. you like deactivate your account and then open it up? Because you... Yeah, I reactivated okay. again, which mm -hmm. you can do. And so I did that. So started meeting new people again in my area, which was, you know, a great way to do it. I worked so many hours. It was hard for me to meet people and stuff. So... uh it worked out well, though. But. Oh, absolutely. I never thought I'd go online, but I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I've had the same job for 30 years. I'm not going to meet mm -hmm. anyone new here. Right. I remember one of my clients is like, we well, should go down to the city. And, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's 630 at night. I'm going to just drive downtown right. and start walking the city looking <laughs> for people to meet. Like, I didn't do it when I was 25. I'm not doing it right, at 48. Right. right. So, well, I, I think it's very different. You can't meet people in bars anymore no, these right. days, right? I exactly. never did, though. I always met them through situations. Sure. My point is, is there was no new situations for me to even meet people. Right. Yeah. There was, you know, I was at a health club I, that I was going to that I knew people. I was at 
a job that I'd been at 30 years where new people weren't walking in every day, right. you know, and the same coworkers, whatever. So you've kind of already weighed out that avenue of friends and mm -hmm. friends of friends mm -hmm. and things. And, you know, it's very interesting. We actually did a couple podcasts with single people talking about dating. And, you know, that was, I mean, that's the major focus. I and mean, that's the major way that people are meeting each other right. these days or is, is online and the apps and everything. And, you know, all of the pros and cons that go along with that, you know, and one of the things I talked about is that, you know, constant rejection and, you know, dealing with, you know, meeting someone and there's no chemistry when you see them face to face, sure. you know, so to hear the, the fact that you guys had this successful connection online, that that's really an awesome thing, I think, for a lot of people out there. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of our actually like our best or I would say our some of our closest friends. So like the other backstory of it is, which is a good story. So as we got closer, Brian started, you know, the, the workout thing in common. He and I ended up going to a yoga studio and I talked him into coming too. So we met a lot of our friends together, opposed to his friends, my friends. Mm -hmm. They, we had our own friends, which came together. Then we met friends together. And one of our good friends got married on the same day, same year, and they met online also. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would say a good yeah. share of people who I've run across lately, that's how they're married and they met online. And I'm not ashamed and those, to say And those it. are people yeah. in their later 40s, early 50s? Yeah. yeah, or younger, or younger. Yeah. I actually know, like, uh, what's her name, Alad? One of my girlfriend had an au pair, and her au pair met her boyfriend on... Um, What's that one site though? It's like the fish one. Oh, like, plenty of fish. It wasn't okay, it, Cupid. No, no, it was t Timber. The other one. Oh, Tinder. Tinder. Yeah, like the hookup. <laughs> it was. Right. The, the, they're kind of noted for like hookup sites, but they right. actually did get married. Right. <laughs> but yeah, and my friend, our friends. That's met good on, to hear. Yeah, our friends met on Match. No, I. You know, it just to me, it's like social media. It just opens up your network. Mm -hmm. And I did. I actually dated some people from like you know you did kind of like reconnect some high school people or whatever, mm -hmm. and then go out here, but nothing ever really. Amounted. Comes of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that was actually before I met Brian, you know, like I'm that in between time. Right. I just know I like the harmony so much because it was kind of spiritually based too. So there, mm. that was oh, important. I didn't so know that. It yeah, is. It's in order for that one. They ask you a lot of questions about that. And like religious or spiritual? Both, okay. actually, a fine line, but both mm -hmm. um, in a way. I thought that was important. So I thought that was a critical. Well, it seems like it's just a lot more serious, yeah. you know, people that are going online there. They're looking for a committed relationship. And well, what's amazing, though, is how they, sorry, Brian, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's just weird how they know, though, like they click all that info together mm -hmm. and they find someone who really matches your interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you really pay attention to it and you do it right, there's hundreds of questions. I mean, they really do get you the right group of people I to think mix what with. you said they was really key, do. if you do it right. If you do it right. Yeah. If you're just throwing it on there to meet somebody, it's not going to be, you know, I put a lot of effort and time into it and it really did pay off. Or the ones that kill me that just go through it looking at the guy's face. Mm. It like, I don't want to fill out the questionnaire. I just want to, I want to pick my own people. It's like, well, how do you know if you don't know yeah. anything about them? Yeah. Did you guys use any other websites or was that the okay. only one? That was the only one okay. I used. Yeah, me too. And you chose that for that reason? Exactly. Okay. Me too. Well, just, yeah, I'd heard, I kind of felt it was a more like non-hookup one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. So tell us about how you guys got engaged. Well, that's actually a cute story. This, I'll tell you how you really know. This is how we, I really knew Brian and I were meant for each other. And it's, I'll try to shorten it. So we're doing this 30 mile commute and I've got a cat that I can't, so I've got a dog that if I brought the dog to Brian's house, the cat got 
deathly ill because dog can't be without the cat. So I could never I could never stay out in his way. So I'm driving home at 12, one in the morning on Saturday nights to come home. He's got this big, beautiful home on the water. I'm in a little condo. We're spending all our time at my condo. You know, because mm-hmm. closer to my work, it was closer to right, closer to work, and because I couldn't leave mm-hmm. the dock. So, in the side note of that, back down, I just want to reiterate was so the, we're going to these once a week dates, and I'm like, is this guy ever going to see me more than Saturday night? <laughs> the, think, the homeowners would come home Saturday night, again, right? So and, I I thinking, leave, yeah. and I'm thinking in my head like. I'm so going to be dating other people because this is never going to really be sustainable. There's a week is just way too long. Too many things happen. Too many interactions happen. It wasn't happen. progressing. Right. So were you guys talking during the week? Yeah. And he's not a phone guy. So when talking, it's like a, hey, all right. Yeah. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> 12 hours in the work on the phone and yeah. on the computer. I've, yeah. yeah. And he wasn't like, you know, he'd throw a text here. Or there, But yeah, I mean, it wasn't. So it was a long time. Mm-hmm. So, and I kept inviting him, like, why don't you, you know, why don't you swing by after work? You know, we can grab a bite to eat or whatever, you know, hang out during the week. And I finally was just that morning thinking in my head, like, this once a week is enough. He literally called me that day and goes, can I just come by and see you tonight? He's like, it's just too long going from Saturday to Saturday. And I'm like, duh, but yeah. okay. <laughs> so he did. And then it progressed. But so having said that, this is going on for Oh, you know, eight, nine months and we're closer and it's, you know, yeah, he's coming by during the week. I'm going by the weekends. You know, we're still having a great time. And there was just this one given day that, you know, we're kind of like, how are we going to pull this together? Hmm. You know, like, I mean, it's. Pull this together, meaning like like, to the next level. Well, kind of because he's got a place. I've got a place, you know, and so you're exclusive, but you're still just dating yeah, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah. But you're just not merging anything. Distance relationship. Well, it, it was the whole distance. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. if you live closer, we might have dated for another year and been okay with our relationship at the level. Mm-hmm. So it was funny because, so whatever, I go on, we go on with our night. Well, one time we had went to Willow Creek Church together for a service. I had mentioned I like these townhomes. You know, they're they're gorgeous. I was always in love with them. One's on uh, Algonquin and Roselle. Hmm. So I come out to watch a concert in the park on a Wednesday night in St. Charles. And Brian goes, you know, I got a price on some of these places. You know, if you sold your place and I sold my place, he's like, we could get one for this and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of looked over and I'm like, this guy's serious. You know, I was just thinking (laughs) like, how are we going to see each other without the commute? I wasn't really thinking of moving in together. And I go, wow. Like, yeah, I love those places. I mean, that's kind of a dream of where I've always wanted to live. And he's like, and I go, well, I own my place outright. I really don't need a roommate, you know? And I said, I kind of would want to be in a commitment if I ever buy things. And he goes, well, I don't want a roommate. And I go, oh. And I like, well, like we kind of said we wanted to get married. And I was like, oh. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm thinking this one from like dating to like, oh, some we're going to get married. It's quite the concert in the park. Yeah. yeah. So I was what like. What was playing? <laughs> some bad 16 candles. Or something. <laughs> so anyways, so I was like, okay. And we kind of looked a little further. So this, the side story is this. Years ago, I had a client in my chair and he was a businessman and he had he was dating all these young girls. He was like, you know, he'd never dated when he was young. He's like 55 and he's dating 19 year old playmates. And he's like wondering why, like they're not like committed relationships. (laughs) And he wanted a kid and he's like, you know, Brit, he goes, I'm dating these girls and they don't want to work. And he goes, you know, 
I know I make enough money and these girls don't want to work. He goes, but when I ask them what they do want to do, they're like, well, what about love? And he's like, I'm a businessman. And he goes, just don't really, he goes, whenever people don't have anything, it's always, what about love? And I, and I just always thought it was funny. So I'd been in a situation where that had happened. I had my stuff together and I had talked to someone and it was like, well, what about love? And it's like, well, <laughs> no, you know, the definition of a picnic is you go both go with a basket. You don't go empty handed and look for someone else's food. You know, it just right. you come together. So Brian and I have this meeting in my condo. It was it was so adorable. We decided we're going to talk about this. We both had our yellow legal pads with what we made, what we owned, what we thought we can contribute to the relationship and how it could come together. Wow, this is a negotiation. It, yeah. it was a real business meeting. But no, yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. So we both, a takeover. We, both, we both sat back. <laughs> it was back a merger. It yeah. was a merger. It was, but you know what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I believe in right or wrong. Yeah, what about love? But a marriage is the biggest partnership you're ever going to go into. And you have to sit down and know these things. So mm -hmm. Brian had his legal pad. I had mine. And they honestly could have been a picture of each other's. Mm -hmm. Meaning he said, I... I figure you make about this and you're this. And I said, I figure yours, you're about here. And here's what we could save if we brought together. Here's what we could afford together. Here's how it would work. And we both were like, it's like we were just like little twins meeting at the table. <laughs> and in my head, that conversation I had with my client came to light like, yeah, this, when you're with someone, this is what you do. You, what am I bringing to the table? How are we going to work? This is a guy I want to go into business with. This mm -hmm. is someone I want to partner up with. And we both felt the same way. It wasn't, we already knew we loved each other. We already knew we wanted to be together. Now it's going, how are we mathematically going to make this work? Mm -hmm. And what can we do to succeed? And I felt it was great. I, I think that's very important what you just said there, because, yeah. you know, couples who are starting a relationship later on in life, they have, they're coming from their own life. They have their own assets. They built their life. And now they have to merge that with someone else and their assets versus a couple that starts out right out of school or something. They're right. starting from scratch together. Right. It's a very different relationship structure. I think the key is, you know, the reason we did this was the planning. You know, we wanted to really plan it out. And having both of us failed in the past, we felt like with our marriages and stuff, we wanted to make sure this one works. So we had the love aspect, but we approached it also almost like a business aspect, mm -hmm. too, and said, here's realistically what we can do. I think we both agreed to give 51% and only take 49 from the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, it would work because you're giving more than you're taking. And if you both do that, I think you wind up with a very successful relationship. That's a wonderful statement right there. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. You know, it's it's sort of like if you push two things together, they're going to rise up if there's extra, you know. Right. Instead of just stay mm -hmm. stagnant. Did you guys ever think about or consider like prenuptials or anything like that? No. No. I just, we're going to combine it and make it one together. I think, I think it can cause, and it's good for everybody. I have a, you know, a, a relative that, have kept things separate in a second marriage and everything. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's too complicated. And if you love each other to be together enough, I think you merge everything and it just becomes ours. Well, I do remember in counseling an illustration <laughs> of how you handle your money is usually how the relationship is. And that stuck with me forever. Yeah. Trust yeah. Me. And I'll never forget that day. What do you mean I only get this much? In it? <laughs> so with Brian, I think that was where it came from. It's like, I really wanted to make sure that how we handled our money was key, significant to that we're both getting mm -hmm. something out of it. It's the not like we're not one person's getting the short end of it. And, you know, and 
I don't know, everyone conventionally handles their assets differently. I mean, I think that for us, it was, it's just, we have our own way. And I think I learned from, everyone learns from their past. We have our own way of handling our stuff. It's all ours. It's not mine and yours. I would never worry because I know, I also believe that you have to look how the person left their last marriage. And I know he didn't screw his ex-wife and I know I didn't screw mine. So I trust him like that if something went outrageously wrong for some reason that we would leave with, that he wouldn't try to steal from me or hurt Mm me. And I also, I don't know, he's just a really giving guy. He's just not that person. So I would never not trust him. Mm -hmm. Or I would never, I don't know how to say, he does give more than he takes. And I know that about him. I would never not trust him with money or to to try to screw me in some way. Well, I'm sure that that all came out in that initial meeting there, right? Understanding where each other's Well, I'm saying in general, like, I mean, I think you can know, you could be married to your husband or spouse or be dating someone and kind of know that they can be, for lack of a better word, an ass. Mm -hmm. And I just know Brian isn't. Mm -hmm. I think in the worst case push scenario, he's a class guy and it's not in his caliber to, to steal from someone. It's just not his way. Mm -hmm. He's not a scammer. He's not a, he's just not that kind of guy. Not vengeful. No. We just both have the same work work ethic. I think, I think that's important. Like I said, we we grew up in the similar background with families. I think that to a certain point, you know, instilled in us things that were important. So I was trying to find somebody that was my equal and counterpart that way that felt things were important. So, and I think when I met Britt, I really did. Well, I think I'm just trying to say his character trait is not a character trait, even if it wasn't me Mm -hmm. to take from someone. Sure. You know, he's, it's just not his way. He's more giving than taking to everyone, Mm -hmm. like everyone. So, you know, with that, (laughs) well, I'm just saying I never worried about it with him. I mean, he's just, he's that kind of guy and which is, you know, what, like I learned to be different in Mm -hmm. looking at things. And that was a big part of what attracted me to him. Did you, did you guys set up initially any like boundaries around money, you know, kind of like unwritten rules and things like that? You know, if, if, if it's over a certain amount of money, then you would consult each other on a purchase or something like that. Oh, just, he's laughing. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little more of the spider. You know what? I think we kind of talked about it, but the way we, I mean, for us, and I don't think Brian minds shares, it's all ours. I work hard. I make a good living. Brian makes a good living. And he said it, I think, when we were even dating. Well, neither of us spends more than we make. So we're kind of good. Mm-hmm. Meaning like, it's not like, you know, let's say it's 10,000. It's not like I make 10,000, he makes 10,000, and I spend 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spend right. in my in my means, and right. I always have. Mm-hmm. You know, we both went in with 850 credit scores. I mean, when we, it was funny that when we were at our house, they're like, you guys have rock star credit. <laughs> I mean, we Mine both. Mine was 853. I'm just saying not literally, but literally it is like, I mean, not to be that way, but I'm saying I knew, we both knew we lived within our means. So it wasn't really an issue on what we're going to spend because we're not spending more than we're bringing in. Mm -hmm. And all of our big purchases are kind of done together anyways. Mm -hmm. So like stuff on the house, you know, his check pays for things, my check pays for things. And that's just, that works Mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. I I don't know to your point, a new couple, but for me, after being married the first time, I just don't like everyone reaching their hand in one pot. Mm. I don't believe in that. So you guys have two separate accounts then? We do. That you work out of? We do. But his name is my account. Mine's on his. I actually pay all his bills. Mm -hmm. Or I should say, I pay the bills that his check goes for. Okay. You write write the checks out. I do all of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, 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 it's a control thing that hasn't went away. <laughs> but I mean, same thing. Brian knew I was good financially. He knew he could trust me. Not like, you know, I was in a good position and mm-hmm. financially that I think he just trusts me and he really doesn't want to be bothered by it. You know, he just doesn't. He's like, it's fine. Brian doesn't spend any money. I actually have to kind of talk Brian into spending money. <laughs> he doesn't. I. He really doesn't. It's it. He does not. He's he spends money on other people. He's a very generous person. He actually just got a Corvette last year. And I'm like, buy the car. <laughs> buy the car. He's like, well, you know. Are you glad you bought it? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he works really hard. He makes a good living. And like Jeannie, I mean, I learned that from Jeannie and Ray too. Like mm-hmm. you can't save it all. You know, you put some money for retirement, you know, after that, the rest is to spend. Do what mm-hmm. you want with it. And I kind of learned that from you, mm-hmm. too, honestly. You can get the nice lining in your coffin, though. Yeah. <laughs> you well, and true. I mean, I did. Yeah. I did. I That was something you... I mean, I've said it to you before. Jeannie and Ray had helped me a lot years ago to realize some things. And even though I didn't really go to them for many years, those things carried through till this day. That's good. That and, longevity of, of oh, change absolutely. Awesome. Well, it's mm-hmm. like you hear it. You, like that mm-hmm. conversation with the client. You hear it. You remember it. And so... You know, it's, I always say to Brian, when our income changes, then we'll adjust what we do. But as Mm -hmm. long as we can afford it, why not? Mm -hmm. We can't save it all. We can't take it with us. And I even said to him like a week ago, I go, okay, if you lose your job or something, I have to say, then you really think you're going to start spending money then? I go, no, you're not because you're going to be too worried because it's not coming in. So as long as we have it, you know, if we can afford to do things and we agree on it, it's fine. But neither of us lives out of our means. (laughs) One of the things that, that I always recommend when people go through the ending of a relationship is like this one year plan. You know, if if you don't become the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you're not going to find someone else that's going to want to spend the rest of their life with you either. Right. What what has been your guys transition from your previous marriages to becoming who you are today? Hmm, That's a good question. Well, a lot of things happened after I got divorced. My mom had died, which changed a lot of prescripts, a lot of things for me, one of which is probably to live more. And that was because I think, how can I say, sometimes I think, you know, our parents did this. So we go, oh, well, I was raised that way. Or I was this thing. When your parents die, you're like, you know what? There's no excuse for who I am except for me because my parents aren't here anymore. And I can't point my finger mm-hmm. at them. So I loosened up a lot. Like I was able, you know, Jeannie probably was, I never would have a glass of wine or, you know, do too many things. And it was like, well, I'm not doing that anymore because I I don't want to be that person. I need to like live a little bit more. I learned to ask for things, you know, because, which I was trying to tell Brian last week, no one's going to say, hey, Britt, you know what? Stay home from work today. You look tired. And you know what? You go get yourself a facial. (laughs) And you know what? I'm going to start doing all the grocery shopping, cooking and cleaning so you don't have to. I offer all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I offer them. But I mean, so if you don't do for yourself, no one's going to do it for you. And so that was, I think, my biggest takeaway. And then I also learned... I think like what Jeannie said, like attracts like. So to become the person I want to be with, which I think I always was. I think I just needed to look harder for qualities that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the spiritual thing was really huge. I mean, I wanted to be able to go to church with someone, maybe not every week, but I wanted someone who, if I wanted to go there, wouldn't roll their eyes. Right. I wanted, you know, I wanted someone who you know, understood that, hey, I'm going to work out. It's what I like to do. I don't want it to be an inconvenience or a problem. I want him to come from the same mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, Brian's just a very giving person. And I looked for that this time, opposed for the person I could do everything for. Right. I let someone do something for me. You know, I let someone take me out to dinner and I let someone, you know, sh- you take know, care of you. 
a little bit. Yeah. You learned to drop the hanky. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I did a little bit. I did. Yeah. But in the same token, I mean, Brian will say I do a lot for him. I know he would. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the big thing that I learned in my past relationships was that I needed to communicate. I thought I was communicating with my partner at the time the way I knew how to show love, which was certain ways. And that's not what they were needing at the time. And mm -hmm. I didn't understand that. And so now when Britt and I talk, it's great because we really don't argue that much. And when we do, we're over it quickly and we understand it, but it's the communication that keeps us close. So yeah. I think that was one of the things that I was really, really looking for. Can you, can you talk more about that? Because, you know, when we see couples, they the majority of them come in because they say they have communication problems, right? right? And we see that as kind of just this this wide spectrum, you know, the word communication. So, you know, kind of what, what, it, what was that transition for you where you learned to communicate and, and how? I learned to try and find out what the other person wanted and needed. It's almost like in mm -hmm. business. What can I do for you? How can I help you? I don't want to sell you what I want to sell you. I want to sell you what you need. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was the most critical part was, you know, what does she need today? Does she need a hug? Does she need me to run and get some groceries? Does she need me to tell her, you know, mm -hmm. I love her so much or do this or do that for her? You know, for me, for whatever reason, if I'm down in the basement remodeling the house, you know, that's showing her my love. Well, maybe that's not the way she needs me to show her oh, love to her. Yeah. Maybe going out to dinner is what she wanted as opposed to me thinking, well, I'm doing all this because I love you. You know, mm -hmm. it's figuring out what she's needing and what she wants, I think. And is, asking. Asking, exactly. Right. I never did in the past. I just assumed, oh, you know, I love you because I'm doing all these things mm -hmm. and things for you. But that's maybe not what, you know, they actually needed at the time. I think I did the exact same thing. I think I just like thought because I was making the food and paying the bills and looking good or trying to look good or whatever, that that's all they wanted. And I realized like, I think the biggest thing I realized, I grew up in a house where, you know, I say my dad was a cold German, you know, you just, it's like there was, I mean, and he was a great man, but it, you really didn't get told when you did things right. You just got told right. when you did things yeah, wrong. wrong yeah. And I really realized, and I don't know if it's all men or, but I think that, People need to be told constantly that they do good. And I think like with Brian, especially, he's very, I would say, praise driven. And he needs to hear, you know, that, hey, I appreciate this or I do that. And, you know, he was real cute when we were, I think it was even when you were dating, he was trying to implement some of these things. And I remember I would walk in, he would just hold me for two minutes. He goes, we need to just hold each other for two minutes to stay close enough. <laughs> or he would sit me down the couch. He's like, all right, I'm checking in. It's a week check-in. Is there anything that we need to talk about? Is anything bothering you? <laughs> he was real cute. It kind of went to the wayside a little bit, but we did that. I remember when we were well, doing it. probably became more natural. Then. It yeah. did. Yeah, I could read that. her better. At first yeah. I had to ask her. Now I can physically read what she needs. You know, mm -hmm. I can tell when she comes in, you know. I have to say on. we really don't, and I'm, I'm not saying like, oh, we're like the perfect couple, but we really don't argue about anything. anything. You want to know what we argue about? No, seriously. How old is Syl Sylvester Sloan? Look it up. Look it up. I think he's 67. No, he's 72. <laughs> Trivial procedures. Exactly. We do. We argue about things like that. I, I don't think we really argue about things. I mean, I kind of, it's back down to what I said, the like attracts like. I see what his, what he does. He burns himself out and I back up and I tell him what I wanted someone to tell me. You need to take a break. You need to calm down. You know, like stuff with his mom, I keep saying it's not your job. If you weren't here, someone else would do it. And I mean, I think like, I don't think we really do argue about 
Not really. I mean, I feel like we support each other so much that Mm -hmm. we really understand where we're coming from. So things really don't become issues because we address them right away. Mm -hmm. We don't let them fester and build. So like if Britt's got, you know, something on her mind, she'll just say it to me or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, okay, well, that must be something that bothers her, you know, or whatever. And so I think we've kind of worked on getting things cleaned up the best we could so that there aren't those little issues that annoy you. And, you know, nobody's perfect. And, you know, you you come into the relationship with baggage. It's just a matter of if you can, you know, unpack it, sift, exactly yeah. sift through that, unpack that baggage and get you know rid of it. No one's going to change. So you have to be able to accept them with what they are. And we're so much alike that it's been great that way. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think we talk things through is what I'm trying to say. I don't think there's mm-hmm. really I think I can sit them down and honestly say, you know, mm-hmm. hey, this is bothering me. Like an example, like in Gino, get this, you know, we do work really hard. And I mean, when you throw a workout in every day, it's another part time job. So it makes mm-hmm. for a really long day. And I finally a couple of weeks ago was like it was like we usually go out on Saturday nights and it was snowing and Brian goes, well, you know, do you really want to take the cars out tonight? I almost started crying in the grocery store. Like, are you serious? Two whole weeks without going out? Like, I was about to, <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 was, I was like, in. of course, by the time I got home, he's like, no, 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 we'll go. We'll go. He knew that like that was important. You to me that. As soon as she I, walked in, I knew and I was like, oh, you know what? We'll go. It's not that bad. You know, just well. Be- and then with that, I said, you know, I finally it's like a. The long story short is I decided to go get my nails done once a week. I hadn't done it for a long time. And I'm like, I need that night in the middle of the week to break up just coming home, cooking dinner and Mm -hmm. doing it all over again till the next day. You know, Brian, I'm trying to tell him he needs to do something, whether, you know, whatever that is, instead of always being driven to Mm -hmm. achieve things like we both are, Mm -hmm. you know. You know, if if we back up to that topic that you talked about, about, you know, praise and, you know, those affirmations. It's one of the things we teach is that, you know, our brains are designed to look for problems. They're designed to look for potential threats. They're not designed to look for, you know, a pretty flower, right? Right. And so couples really get stuck in what does Gottman call that negative sentiment override, right. where, you know, it's so much easier and, and that energy travels so much faster to talk about the problems or, you know, what you don't like. And so that's really awesome that you guys do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, Two, we both we both make a decent living. We don't have stepchildren. I mean, we didn't come in with a lot of. What is your guys' philosophy about kids? I'm a gr- I'm a great <laughs> uncle. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think my window was just wrong. Had I married Brian, I think I would have had children. As a matter of fact, I know I would have. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for him that his ex wife didn't have kids. I'm glad he doesn't have any. But I've been, <laughs> well, I'm just saying it. Just a, it's a bunch of but we came in equal. Yeah. But I same place in life, really, when it comes yeah, to well, kids. You know, yeah. when you date exactly. people who have kids, this is like that equal thing. Their energy is always divided, meaning mm-hmm. they've got 50 percent on their old family and 50 percent on you. When you have no children, you come and giving 100 percent and you're already getting half. Mm hmm. Was that something you guys were looking for when you were, you know, online? You know, when well, you're I looking think for we preferences? Ju- I think you just assume you're going to get someone with kids when you're our age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, honestly, you sure, just, sure. I mean, just, statistics yeah. are, yeah, right. Well, I mean, right. I just you just kind of assume, which is, you know, so when he didn't have him, I was like, wow, you know, I mean, it was that's what I mean, honestly, one of the reasons I'm like, OK, you know, he's more of an equal because it is that 50 percent, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're someone else has got. I mean, even back to the money and how the money's represent. 50% of that money is still going to someone else's family. Mm-hmm. You're coming in with your full paycheck saying, hey, I'm ready to give it for our house, our household. And you got someone paying off somewhere else. That's, right. 
you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's, so, it's definitely a challenging yeah. factor. Yeah. So uh, once again, that was a challenge we didn't have that other couples do have. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think, you know, fortunately, we kind of came in in a better place than a lot of people mm-hmm. equally wise. Mm-hmm. And so I think that makes it easier. We've, you know, we've went through death in my family, you know, we've went through, you know, his mom, they had to move in an assisted living. So we've had some things Dressers, that have been, but I, I, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think for the most part, you know, we've supported each other during those bumps. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. How, you know, we were talking about conflict earlier, right? How is the way you guys handle conflict different than the way your parents handled conflict? Or is it the same? Well, I have to say my parents were divorced and honest to God, I don't, even I remember my mom even said, you never fight. I never saw my mom and dad argue. So when they were getting divorced, I didn't get it. Mm. I mean, a couple of times I saw my dad. I think once he chased her around the dining room table. You know, she, <laughs> she, she has something with money, I'm sure, but I don't know. But yeah, I don't really remember them fighting, to be honest with you. And I just know, I would say where I look at things is, you know, I do have a, I have to be right thing. You know, it's who I am. I'm kind of a bulldozer in that way. But I think I've learned that there's certain, you know, pick your battles. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like I may not agree with some things like with his mom, let's say, but, you know, it's his mom. He has to live with his choices. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to argue with them, even if I don't agree. Mm -hmm. I'm going to support what he wants to do because he has to live with his choices. So appropriate conflict wasn't role modeled for you growing up because you never really saw I don't think I did. Fighting, did you? Right? And mine was probably the opposite. My parents were together and married and dated probably 65 years almost. Wow. And uh, yeah. my mother's 91 now. Yeah, they actually had a, a very great relationship together. And I guess the thing that my mom misses most about my dad is he always made her laugh every day, mm-hmm. you know? So even if she was mad yeah. at him, he would get her to laugh. So how did they resolve conflict? I never talked to They honestly didn't have much conflict. And when they did, they just talked through it. You know, they, did you ever they see had, them though? Did you see them fight? I saw that. Yes, they would have arguments and stuff, but then I would see them, you know, make up and, and work through it though right away. They mm-hmm. were a team. You know, they uh, they figured out what they needed to do. And honestly, for back in the day, they really did know how to communicate. I mm-hmm. have to say that they did a good job. And I think they set a good role model as far as, you know, communication and how to work through problems. And the sense of humor was real important in my family and stuff. I kind of had it hard. I grew up in the inner city when I was a kid. My oldest brothers are 10 and 12 years older. My oldest brother had polio. So my family was one that of the last ones to contract polio oh, and had yeah. like five major surgeries. So we didn't get to leave the city until I was like 10 and it was, you know, so anyhow, I had a little different upbringing than mm-hmm. Brit and then I moved to the suburbs. Anyhow, a little different, but that having those challenges at that young age brought our family so close and that's what made our family so close. So it was like nobody was ever going to divide our family, mm-hmm. you know, because we could make it through anything almost. So that's kind of how it was instilled. So problems were problems, but there weren't anything as big as some of the problems we faced. So they just worked through those small things. Mm. So everyone had the perspective, you know, that we had to pull together right. and be there for each other. Family's family. And yep. that's what's the most important thing. You know, it's not jobs or this or that, but it was just family. So no matter what, we always, and to this day, my family's still really, really close. I mean, you know, my brothers and I and, uh, and my mother still. So I'm trying to think of our last conflict. It's bothering me now. I don't No, I mean, I, we really. It probably was something about dietetic thing, you know, diets or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, we really, I mean, I don't know. All I know is about my own self and that's only perspective. I just know that unless I'm 100% right, where I mean, I know down to my soul that I will win. I tend to just let 
talk things through. Where and if you I will win. <laughs> well, it's like it's not a competition. Well, like, like I just went through an unemployment thing at work and I was 100% right. And I was a bulldozer. I mean, there was no stopping me. I had a new receptionist within 24 hours. I mean, when my last my divorce, I divorced Gary in 10 days. I don't know if wow. you guys ever even knew that. No. Oh yeah. When I was done, I was done. 10 days we were out. There was no stopping me. So, and I know. Yeah. Makes me a little nervous. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I, I mean, when I have my mindset where I know I'm completely right, right, there is, and Brian knows, like, that's just how I, that's my mentality mm-hmm. and how I work. Otherwise, I'll sit back and I'll, you know, try to, and it's back down to what you taught me, like attracts like. So usually I just figure we're trying to get to the end game together. I'm going to sit and think of how I would, what's going through his mind and try to work it. That like attracts like really has been a, huge. the hugest player in mm-hmm. my life and over the last y- 10 years. You should probably explain that, that concept there, Gene, you know, for those that might be listening and how you explain like attracts like, because I think people out there think that like attracts like is that I'm going to meet someone who's the same age as me, has the same type of personality as me. Right. And, and it's not specifically. That, no, right. You know, we always attract someone who's equally as intelligent as us, equally as attractive as us, and equally as wounded as us as well, you know. And so we will always find someone who knows how to do our relationship dance. And and it's the, you know, we get wounded through relationship, we heal through relationship, but nobody ever teaches us how to do that. And so it is that piece that, it, and I think that's why it's so important when you're in your, you know, if a, if a relationship ends and you're a single person to make sure you become the person you want to be because that is what you will find attractive. If someone in the four agreements, it says that no one will ever abuse you more than you abuse yourself. And it's really true. And if someone comes along that's less healthy than you and wants to treat you in a way that isn't acceptable, you'll leave. But if you're not there, you will stay, you know? Yeah. So what is it that your partner does that you know they love you? Oh my God, Brian would do anything for me. I, I know. I mean, I just, he would, he, the other day I called him, I was in the eye doctor office and I'm like, picking eyeglasses is a big commitment. Okay. You're talking, <laughs> you're talking two years before the prescription is a new one. And I'm looking and I've got this guy, you know, who's helping me and I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I really trust his opinion. So I call him and I go, Brian, you need to FaceTime me right now. I need glass. I want to get glasses. And I need a second opinion. He's like, hold on. I'll go in an office. He goes, I'm in a right. meeting. Okay. So I'll be back. Okay. I'll be back in a moment. So He's I- like, all right, let me see what you got. He's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are cute. You should get those. And he walks away. He'll take the time with me is what I'm saying. He never dismisses me. Even if it seems trivial, he never dismisses when something is important to me. And I think one thing I do know about him and it is his way, he if he thinks that buying me something or get something will make me happy, he will do it without question. So like the going to dinner on that Saturday night, mm-hmm. he didn't want to go, mm-hmm. but he knew that that was a big deal. So mm-hmm. that for and me. it's not that you're demanding it, right? It's no, something that you want and then no. he gives that to you. And that's, that's what you're saying. Honestly, it's not in my personality and it never has been to demand anything. I don't want someone to do something for me because I demand it. I want him to want to do it. And so even that night when we were talking about dinner, he's like, well, we'll go if you want to. I'm like, well, no, I don't want to go if you just are going because I want to. I Mm -hmm. mean, if you don't want to go, then we're not going. And I almost broke down tears of Mariano, but that was okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I hung up the phone and within 10 minutes he called me because you know what? It's important to you. He's like, no, no, I want to go. We'll go. We'll go. Mm -hmm. And I think that he shows that to me every day over and over again. 
And I know Britt shows it to me in just the things she does, the little things she does. You know, you can say it to each other, but sometimes, you know, that can get old. You know, you just automatically say that. But I just see it in how, you know, she takes care of me. She loves doing all the nutrition and stuff. So, I mean, she'll make me these lunches and stuff. And it's just amazing. You know, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, she really does care about me and stuff. She wants me healthy and wants me around for a while. So those are the ways she kind of shows me that she loves me as well as telling me. But uh, it's in her actions is uh, more than her words. That's awesome. That's awesome. Just out of curiosity, how much quality time do the two of you spend together? And quality time is defined by one-on-one interaction without any screens, right, or other people around over a course of a week. Definitely on the week, our dinners on Saturday nights are like our, you know, where there is no screens to your point. Right. I would say... You know, we work out, we do some workouts and stuff here, which I kind of consider that quality time because we're both laughing and enjoying the same interest. And Brian's, yeah, that's it. Brian's a, he's, he's a funny guy, you know, so he's always like, I don't know how to explain. He's always like, we're never just working out like lifting weights. He's always like got a dance move or something going on or, <laughs> you know, something to make me smile or laugh or, you know, be together. And I think we both kind of do it in that way. And then on Sundays, we're in the house. I'd say, Probably on Sunday we spend, even though we're in the house the whole day, we probably spend, I would say, only maybe an hour or two together where it's just us, mm. meaning where we're not each doing our own thing. So I would say maybe five, six hours a week. That is awesome. That's yeah. great you know, to hear. I mean, you know? There's not a lot of time during the week, which is the problem. We're both so busy. By the time we sit down, it's nine o'clock mm-hmm. and you got to get up at 4.30 sure. to go work out. So we try to focus on the weekends and make mm-hmm. for sure Saturday nights always date nights. So that's the most critical. So... Our relationship and everyone's different and whether it's healthy or unhealthy, it kind of works for us. Brian's not like a big advocate of like going out with the guys or girls trips. Yeah. Okay. You know, he in back down to what you bring into the relationship. I kind of know that about him. And once again, I'm not a big traveler. So if I go away, I'm probably going to go away with my husband and not my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest thing with us is we really spend, I don't know, I think when you spend too much time having fun with other people that's not good. And so I think we try to make the time we do have fun spent together with each other opposed to outside sources, not necessarily even, you know, like another male or another Mm -hmm. female, but Mm -hmm. I'm saying in general, like we try to have our fun together. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing, like I remember, you know, like I said, we have our friends together. Mm -hmm. It's not my friend or his friend. It's our friends. Right. I think that's very important, very mm-hmm. important point. And there are probably people out there that would disagree with that. But Gene and I, we believe exactly. the same thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. We we don't, us, we, we don't go away on guys trips or girls trips or girls night nights out or anything like that. Just because where you invest your time and energy is, is where the relationship is going to grow. Right. Right. And so if you were investing in your relationship, that is going to grow. You're going to, you know, as a merger of two companies, right. 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 If you're not working on it together, the, right. the company doesn't grow. And, you know, the, the question of quality time, it, it actually comes from some research by John Gottman. And, you know, he talked about healthy relationships spend in a minimum of five and a half hours a week together of quality time. You know, and that's to reinvest in the relationship and keep it growing. So that's really awesome to hear you guys are doing, you know, at least six hours every week. Right. I think a lot of couples have a hard time balancing that, especially when they have children. Mm -hmm. It's easier to hang out with friends. 
it's easier to hang out with your family or whatever, or, or your kids. A lot of people are spending way too much time with their kids. Right. Because when it's a couple, that's some work, you know, <laughs> you have to, you have to invest and you have to put something into it, especially if there's any type of conflict. And a lot of couples, they don't have that foundation of time together. And then there's a problem. And so they avoid each other. And I, and I think that's, we see that a lot. Right. Right. I would agree. I'd say that even yeah. in my past relationships. Yeah. But I mean, for, like I said, for us, it's, I just enjoy, I mean, he's fun. I want to spend my time right. with him. So yeah. she's my best friend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really how it is. You know, the other thing, like, it's not the kids. It's just when you put in, and I know you guys, cause you work together, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're gone from five in the morning till six thirty at night. And I mean, when you get up at four to be out of the house at five, guess what? You're going to bed at nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You right. Know? <laughs> so, and he refuses to go to bed when I go to bed. He just is like, <laughs> I'm not going to be home for one hour and then go back into it. So I have, to have more than an hour <laughs> down time before I go back. So <laughs> with that, but I mean, that's uh, the challenge too. You know, we're always great if we sure. have a couple of days off together and we go do things like if we go to the city or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it may be that we do. We did a staycation at Trump Tower a couple months ago, which was totally fun. But, you know, so it, that's the challenge is, you know, you're, it's not even other people. Sometimes it's just, you don't even want to have to, he, he like he always says, I have no more room for one more question, Britt. I just, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's when I'm really shutting down for the night. I have no more room. I, I, Brian, what do you want for dinner? I have no more room for one more question. Just feed me what you want. To. Anything's fine, honey. <laughs> I think that's really interesting because I don't think in this day and age we really value our time enough, and it's really easy to have that time gobbled up yeah. by, you know, the internet or screens and stuff like that, and to be consciously saying my time is valuable and I choose to share it with my partner. I think that's an awesome quality. Well, I think that's the whole, we don't want to fail again. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think that's the, the takeaway, you know, and I, I mean, my takeaway, and I think Brian, it's the same thing, but Brian would probably word it differently. It's like I said earlier, I think when you're having more fun, not with your husband than with your husband, you're in trouble, period. Yeah. Yeah. And like what you said with the business, if you're not investing in your marriage and you're investing everything outside your marriage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do turn things down, like if it's a girl's weekend or whatever, because it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it would probably be fun, but I just feel like I don't want to leave him. by himself. He wouldn't do it to me. Right. And I, you know, and I'm the one like, you know, he wants to go on a fishing trip with your brother. I don't, you know, I mean, like, I don't care. He's the one who's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. That's just how we are. Well, do you have room for one more question now? Sure. <laughs> I haven't turned off yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. For all those out there that are on dating sites, you know, maybe they're frustrated. Maybe they're, you know, kind of trying to find that partner. What advice would you guys give them? Kind of what I said earlier. Actually, I, I have a girlfriend who's going through a divorce now. And I'm like, listen, don't even go out with someone if you don't think they're going to be potentially good because it may seem harmless and it may seem simple. It's kind of like fooling around smoking, like, oh, I can handle one. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's just to me, it's like I just don't even want to put myself in a situation where I could like someone who wouldn't be. It sounds snobby, but not what I would want them to be. In other words, I'm not going to go out with another person who doesn't believe in God. I mean, I do. I want someone who does too. So it's like someone who doesn't want a smoker and dates a smoker and is like, well, they're not changing. Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's back to the four agreements, like the person for how they are. And so, because once again, I mean, yeah, they could be funny and they could be a great time, but if it's, if it's going to be something that kind of, I would think 
I could see, you know, I'll never forget, like when I learned to ride a motorcycle and they say like, how far do you ahead do you look for, you know, something to be a disaster? And it's like, you know, a mile, 10 feet or whatever. And it's like, till you can't see any further. And so when dating, it's like, try to find someone who is exactly what you want them to be. Meaning like, if you see like a red flag, that red flag, you're going in with a red flag. Mm -hmm. I mean, why you, why do you go? So instead of just looking at, oh, which one's the cutest guy, which of course you have to be physically attracted. Don't get me wrong. Brian's very good looking, of course. You know, I looked at the things about that person, like, Mm -hmm. hey, I don't have kids. He doesn't have kids. And I think equals need to date equals. If you've got three kids, you shouldn't be dating someone who's single. You should date someone else who has kids. I just think the main focus is just knowing what you want. I think that's the key and finding that, you know, don't settle. I knew what I was looking for in a companion and otherwise make it friendship and that you can meet a lot of nice people. Like I said, on the dating apps, I met a lot of great people and sometimes through them, you might meet somebody you never know. So keep that friendship open with them. But when you're really looking for somebody, know what you want. It's almost like in business, know what you want, know what you want to look for, know the things that are important to you. But more importantly, know the things you can live with in that other person that maybe are things that are some baggage or, or, you know, I looked at Britt and I said, man, she's got all the great qualities that I'm really looking for in a person. And then you got to look at people's weaknesses and we all have them. But, you know, can you accept those weaknesses and stuff? You know, I was married to somebody who was constantly late and it drove me nuts. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that was almost a deal breaker at the end. It would be hours that we'd be late to things and, you know, one surprise party. But, you know, so I think if you can handle all those little things that, you know, can drive you nuts or whatever, and those things are okay, you can accept those. That's the important thing. So would you say that, I mean, one more question, right? (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that because you take the intimacy piece slower, that helps you create friendships of people that are not good matches? Absolutely. I mean, you, you weed things out, you meet somebody instantly. And of course, you're on that dating high and you're like, oh, wow, this is great and wonderful and everything. And then you slowly uncover, you know, the banana and, you know, the banana can be rotten inside, you know, and mm. it looks nice from the outside, but it could be rotten inside. So that's why I went slowly. I just wanted to kind of make sure. Mm-hmm. And I think Britain, her own mind did too. She's joking around saying, I thought you were married at first or whatever, you know, but she, no, was, I, she, was, being ca- cautious. she was being cautious. No, so. I'm just the opposite. I date them new. I liked them right when they were my new boyfriend. <laughs> he slowed us down. <laughs> no, and I, and that is to your point. I mean, I think that's the biggest issue. I think too many people meet someone and they get all giddy and they jump into like the physical stuff and they jump into they're my new boyfriend without looking at all the things. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Brian, you know, chivalry wasn't dead. He took things very slow. He, he, and I know what he was saying about the friendship because it, cause in his mind, Hey, I didn't even really try to kiss her. So she can't assume we're in a relationship because I didn't, make a step to that way in his mind. Like if, even if he was married. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But I mean, by doing that, he kind of like, and I agree with that. I mean, it's, it's kind of like going out and paying your own way. It's like, well, you know, I'm not never took a date from you. I mean, we went out. It doesn't mean I owe you anything. And I think that's where he's, he said, keep it as a friendship till you're sure that, you know, you want it to be a little bit more and get to really know the person before you bring that in. So, but he was cute when he said, well, I had to call, I had to call other people and let them know. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's quality, not quantity. It's quality. Okay. <laughs> one one more question. Gene's on a roll now. So one of the things we talked about with single people is paying on dates, especially mm-hmm. when you're meeting through, you know, internet stuff. This is a brand new person. What are each of your thoughts about who pays? 
initially? Well, I will tell you, I've I've felt this way since I was in my 20s. And here's, it's very, very simple. When I am going out with someone as a friend and I just want to keep them as a friend or I'm not sure, I definitely will offer to pay or even insist on it because I don't want them to feel like, I don't want it to necessarily feel like it was a date. Mm -hmm. If I like a guy and think I want it to be a date, I'll offer to pay, hope that he says no and, you know, pays. But in my own way, if I'm still unsure, I'll definitely make sure to do something back. And Mm -hmm. it's just, and I, and right or wrong, it's just how I feel just to even the score where I feel like, you know what? Well, yeah, you took me to dinner, but I made you dinner. I, I did this. I'm not a like take, neither of us are. Mm -hmm. We're not like take type people. So even like after he'd taken me out to quite a few nice dinners. And then I think I remember I bought a, I bought us a comedy show thing and then I made dinner at my house. And I said, why don't you come over? I said, I got a surprise for you. So it was taken care of. So he couldn't. Right. Yeah. You know, but I I think. But there's that little signal up front. Well, I just feel like like if you you let someone, it's that chivalry. If you let someone drop the hanky, let Mm -hmm. them pick it up. You know, I feel like I'm worth it. You know, I'm worth someone taking me out and treating me well. But I also am not a taker. If I really am not interested in the guy, I'm not going to have him spend a whole bunch of money on me and then Mm -hmm. be like, oh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of rude. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I just from my standpoint, you know, I, I always would pay for it. It just was, you know, uh, I asked somebody out or I, I, you know, when you ask somebody out, I think you should pay for it. So from, even if they insist. Uh, yeah. Even if they insist, I think, you know, if you've asked them out so that I would ask her out, that's why I would just automatically pay for mm-hmm. it. It wasn't a question of, oh, why don't you pay this or I'll pay that. Then, as she said, she would do nice things for me then, too, in return, which was great. And Did you ever have that situation where you were doing all the paying and someone was taking advantage It's yeah, in the past it has, right, exactly, and stuff. But, you know, I knew that going in in a way, I guess, you know, and it was Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, then I didn't, you know, keep going on with those relationships and stuff. It seemed one way. And like I said, if you each give a little more than you take, it works out. Yeah. Some Mm -hmm. people just take more than they give. So fantastic. Well, Britt and Brian, we really want to thank you guys for being on the podcast today. This has been quite a joy. Very cool. You know, human beings have been telling stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story has enriched your relationship and the lives of our listeners. Well, thank you guys very much. And I just want to say that Britt mentions all the time things that you guys have taught her and stuff. So I feel like I've learned from you, even though this is one of the first times I've met you. That's awesome. (laughs) I just want to highly recommend it. Thank you very much for that perspective. And for all you listening out there, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, again, please feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.